Hello, everyone, and welcome to 180 Mentoring. My name is Terry Krebs, and I'm the host of 180 Mentoring, where I'll be discussing information you can use in day-to-day leadership situations. I'll provide you information in a way that you'll be able to listen to it, use it, and apply it so you can move on to your next leadership success. All leadership examples and solutions are based upon actual events and situations that I've encountered in my 30 years of leading and mentoring. You can find me at 180mentoring.com and 180mentoring at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to today's podcast. There's a book that I have used for years during my leadership travels. I'm not even actually sure when I got this, but the book is called Rules and Tools for Leaders. And it's written by a man named Perry M. Smith. I'm sure that you can find it on Amazon or near Wells, but um, it's a wonderful book. Please pick up a copy because there are lots of things in this book that you can go and take a look at and just kind of remind yourself about the things that you can do as a leader and why it's important for you to do them. So you're new. You have just been reassigned to a new division, a new office, a new location, and now you're trying to figure out well, what do I do? Do you blow in one day, throw all your stuff down at the desk, call everybody in and tell them, hey, there's a new boss in town. I don't care how you've been doing things in the past. We're changing it. And if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss something because I'm a fast mover and I'm a big deal. That's why they picked me to be here. Believe it or not, I've heard that speech. I've heard that from someone who came in to a high-performing office that was generally doing pretty well. Still room for improvement because there's always rooms to improve. And just immediately knocked our motivation down into the dirt. Because another thing that we were told was like, stop doing anything that you're doing until I tell you it's okay. I couldn't believe that. That that was the first time at that time in my career I'd ever heard anybody say that because this large organization I've worked for for a long time, we generally do the same work no matter where you're at, just different levels and different responsibilities and different core mission sets. But generally, you know, all the stuff that we do is pretty similar from point A to point B. So the fact that this person came in and did that, it was very surprising. And then, even though I had been told to not do anything, I still found it very hard to not do anything. And then I waited for about two weeks and I went in to the boss and said, you know, hey, I have some ideas. I like to do these things. And you know what I was told? Hey, 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 slow down. You're moving too fast. You need to just throttle back, take it easy. I'll let you know when it's okay to move forward. Obviously, Within a short amount of time, everybody was looking for any way that they could leave, move to another location. 
heck, even deployed in the Middle East to get out of there. It was, it was brutal. So, but what can you do if you're a new leader and you're taking over a place? And I mean, this could be any place generally. And, you know, there are differences between high performing offices and lower performing offices. Now, I'm not even going to discuss if you have to go into a place because there has been a complete wrecking ball run through the place and you're starting over because that's a whole nother set of rules. But generally, let's discuss that you've been selected to move someplace. It's generally a place that performs okay. They've done well. And you're trying to figure out like, what do I do? What do I say the first day? Well, there's two things that you need to talk with your folks about. That is your expectations as a leader and your philosophy of leadership. A lot of times people put expectations and philosophy into the same little speech when they start off at the office, and that's normally not a very good thing to do because it just confuses people. So let's talk about philosophy really quick before I start getting into some checklist items of things that you should consider. So what is a leadership philosophy? Leadership philosophy is when you sit down with your team and talk to them about who you are and why you do the things that you do. You can talk with people about where you're from, the things that are important to you, impactful times in your life, how they impacted you, how it makes you kind of the person today, and what your idea of leadership is and what's that, what that means to you. Now, the philosophy talk should only be three to four minutes long. Mine generally talked about my background, my experience in the military, where I grew up, kind of my family environment, what I did for fun, talk about my importance of taking care of people and taking care of their families, and about how that was one of the things that I valued greatly was when I had supervisors in the past that made sure that if I had some issue with my family that I felt okay about taking care of it, whether it was during the duty day or not. And another thing I told them, like, I valued time off. So when people wanted to take a day of leave that, oh, by the way, they had earned by their service, that they didn't have to tell me why they were taking leave. They just had to put it in the system so we could plan to make sure that we could still get the job done when they weren't there. That's philosophy. Very simple. Really about who you are, where you're from, what's important to you, and those things. A couple of minutes ago, I talked about how sometimes people confuse philosophy and expectations. Because expectations are a totally different thing. So if you're in the middle of your philosophy speech and you start saying, I expect, stop, you've already blown it. Just start over. Expectations talk to people about generally large scope things that you expect from them. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you'll know that every individual is different. So you have to have individual expectations of someone based on their experience level and their performance level and their mission set and all those things. But generally, when you stand in front of your office and you're talking about what my expectations are, they got to be big scope things. Duty hours, duty schedules, big things that will get people in trouble. I expect you to have your, your reports written in this amount of time after an event. And I expect you to be honest. I expect you to tell the truth. I expect you know, big things like that to kind of give the guidelines to people about the general things that you expect and that you expect from everyone. For me, one of the expectations were is that I expect people to show up at my staff meetings on time. And, I would, and then I would tell them why. Because staff meetings are a place where we share information. I've done a podcast on that if you want to listen to that. 
And I would tell them that during that sharing of information, if you show up late, then you've wasted everyone else's time because now we're going to have to go back and cover the things that we missed. Now, some people say like, well, if you missed information, then you just missed it. Like, no, no, that's not how it works. That person still needs the info. So I would tell people, hey, be at my meetings on time. And then I would make some rules that, hey, the meetings would end at a certain time. So they would know if you get in and you're there and we get through it, we get out, we'll be done on time. You just have to listen, get through it and collect the information. So that was one of the things I'd say. You have to be at my meetings on time because I don't like having meetings, but they're something that we need. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I want to get in there and I want to get out. Because of that, I never held meetings at exactly at the top of the hour. Hey, my meeting started at eight. You know, it's just, it would never fail. Like it would not be exactly eight. So I'd always start my meetings about 8.15. Hey, we're going to start at 8.15. Everybody be in the conference room. No problem. It seemed to always work for me. Maybe it's some thing with the clock and people are just getting nervous about the 12. I mean, I don't know, but whenever I started meetings on the 15 minute thing after the hour, never, ever a problem. So after you do that, it's best to kind of sit back and take a look and figure out, hey, what are the critical programs? Review those immediately. Take a look at the critical things, the things that will get you fired if they're not done correctly or have the potential for the biggest problems. Take a look at those programs. Take a look at them quickly. Review them. Go through all of it with the person that's responsible for it so you get a good understanding about where the program is, what it looks like, what you need to do immediately to change. And then you can move on to sitting back and watching about how the office handles day-to-day operations and have people talk to you about how they've been getting the job done. What do they like? What do they don't like? Those kind of things. One thing that I want to mention quickly is don't get sucked into the trap of when you go to a new office of taking phone calls from people who know someone at the new office to give you their version of what type of employee that person is. Those, to me, have never, ever been as accurate as I hope that they were. Because everyone's going to have a different type of interaction with different people in the office. And your interaction could be completely different. And you never, ever really know about why the interaction with the person happened the way that it did, you know, because you weren't there. And you should make those evaluations on your own. So don't fall into that trap. So after you've watched things for a while, and a while could be, you know, a week, a month, you know, 60 days, figure out where you can implement some small changes to improve the performance of the team based on what you're good at, what the team members are good at, ways that you've, things done in the, you've seen things done in the past, those kind of things. Also, take a look at what mission you're doing, what's the vision, right? What are your goals? How are you trying to get there? And where are you at program and money-wise? While you're doing this, you can do another thing without even paying attention or asking about it, is you can evaluate the current morale of the office. You'll see how everyone's feeling about being there, about what's good, about what's not so good. It will just work its way out. I've had people ask me, should I have individual meetings with every member on the team? And honestly, I did, but I didn't do those right away. I would just sit everyone down and really I would listen to them. Hey, what's been going well? Is there anything that you would like to be doing differently while you're here during our time together? And I would ask them, hey, when things go really, really well and you need to be rewarded, what's important to you? Time off, training, 
What is it that I can go out of my way to say, hey, I've recognized that you're really doing a good job. Here's what I want to do for you. Ask them what those things are. Because there's going to be some people that are going to say, I don't want any public recognition, but I sure would like to have a Friday off every once in a while so I can take a three-day weekend because I like to go fishing. That's a true story. Had a person in my office, they're super quiet, great employee, no problems. I asked the person, hey, like when things are going good, what can I give you? And the person just looked at me and said, nobody's ever asked me that question before. Kind of looked back at this person. I said, well, can you tell me? And the person sat there and said, I'd like the ability to take a Friday off on occasion without, you know, making a big deal out of it. Or, and I said, well, what does that mean? The person said, well, when I do well, can you just tell me like, hey, you've earned a Friday off and then I get a pick when it is? Because this person had been in other offices, and honestly, I had too. It's like, hey, take today off. See you later. It just, I never understood. Like, hey, if you're going to give me tomorrow off, why are you telling me tomorrow after I come into work? Why don't you tell me the day before so I can sleep in if it's really a day off or do something else or get up and you know, go fishing? Or even better, how about you say, hey, you've earned a day off. You take it whenever you want, whatever works best for you and the team. Just let me know the day before so I know you're not going to be here and have a great day doing whatever you want to do. That's all that this person wanted. I want to take Friday off so I can go fishing. I don't know what day that is because fishing is unique and there's going to be good days and not so good days. And I'm not really going to know what day that is until the day. And I was like, done. Another thing to avoid, don't worry so much about what your predecessor did. I have been, again, because I've been around so long, in an office where we had a new boss come in and all they did was continue to undermine and slander the person that had been in that position before them because they assumed that everything that person did was wrong or wasn't working and was bad and couldn't believe that they had done things this way and just went out of the way at every turn to say something bad about that person. And our new leader didn't realize that all of us were very fond of the former leader, mostly because we had cleaned house in every type of productivity category on the planet during that person's reign. And that person did things a little bit unconventionally, however, never broke a rule, never violated any direction, any policy, anything like that, and went out of their way to take care of us. But the new boss was not that kind of person and could not understand like what. Well, there must have been something bad going on because this form wasn't done correctly. Well, the form was done correctly, but you know this person just looking for anything they could. So they just came in and just kind of wrecked house and started saying bad stuff about the previous boss. Don't say that. Also, look for things that need to be fixed quickly. Once you do this evaluation, if you've missed something, hopefully you'll be able to find things that will cause you big problems to be able to resolve them you know, as fast as possible. But also, like I talked about, if you do decide to sit down with people and talk with them about, hey, how are things going? What do you want to see changed in the office? You know, after you've given them some time to get used to seeing you, those things will come up in that conversation. I guarantee it. So go out of your way to make sure during those conversations that you do some listening. So running an office, understanding how it works, understanding the performance standards, and how things are going to be done, expectations, your philosophy, creating a good work environment, 
Starting a new office, I mean, it should make you a little bit nervous. If you go into a new place, you're not just a little bit concerned about how am I going to pull this off, then I think you really need to kind of sit back and reflect and, and think about how you approach your job and your responsibilities as a leader. Taking over a new office, lots of fun, lots of excitement, lots of things that you can do to make that place better than the person who had it before. If you just take the time and you just try to do it right. That wraps up today's podcast. Thanks for listening and providing input to today's topic. You can reach out to me at 180mentoring.com and 180mentoring at gmail.com. I'm Terry Krebs and I'm the host of 180 Mentoring. I'll look forward to talking with you soon.